So this is how Liberty dies. With thunderous applause. Oh, thank you. And we're back. From outer space? And I just walked in to see that sad look upon your face. I should have thrown away the keys. I don't really know the words. I'm just kind of making stuff up in a voice. But now I'm back from outer space. Yeah, I, I can't remember. It was I used to I used to remember the words from the re- movie The Replacements, but it's been so many years. So, what you got to watch that? Keanu Reeves is my boy Shane Falco, and it's the funny thing um, about Replacements is it's based on a true story, and not a lot of people realize that. Like the team names and the player names are all fake, but it's legitimately based on like. Um, the NFL lockdown in the 80s when uh, they hired replacement teams during a like picket for you know the what's your right, the, the strike yeah it was a strike yeah and the Washington football team formerly known as the Redskins they hired an entire team of like scab players and <laughs> and they like had their own semi-pro football well it wasn't a semi-pro team it was just a bunch of weird group of guys and uh like their quarter their quarterback was literally a dude who was in jail from tennessee like oh, no i can't kidding? yeah i can't remember what his name was but he didn't get drafted because he was in prison and then while he was in prison he got like released from prison so he could play football <laughs> and then when he got cut from the team he went back to jail which i don't know how that worked out but it was the 80s That's man but yeah but yeah anyways they ended up being pretty damn decent and when some of the uh like teams started crossing back over washington kept their like scabs and they actually beat a full strength nfl dallas cowboys football team i think suck it dallas No, no no i don't care what the actual team is they beat dallas yeah but in, in the movie, that's kind of what it's about, too. And it's the Washington Sentinels. But, but yeah, it's, okay. it's basically based on a true story. So it's, it's crazy. What a week it was in the CKFL. Oh, this One, was a bad week. Just overall, like, scores yeah, were every, down everywhere. Mm-hmm. It was a really bad weekend. It was. I mean, he had <laughs> yeah, no never, never, to go off for 14. Never trust my vibrator. <laughs> Just in my headphones, all I hear is. Yeah, I probably should have, probably should have put my phone on silent, <laughs> vibrate. Can't do it now because all it would do is adjust the volume. <laughs> I think it was a pretty violent, aggressive uh, vibration. Oh, so no idea. Hey, I'm not I judging, have... man. I am not judging. I have it on my desk sometimes at school, and you'll just hear. I'm like, God, why does it vibrate that loud? <laughs> You're using those extra strength batteries. Yeah, damn right. <laughs> um, one one funny thing. One funny thing about this matchup, though, 
Um, I think we criticized Ottawa last week for starting Damian Harris over Melvin Gordon. And this week he switched it out and he put Melvin Gordon in for Damian Harris. Well, Damian Harris scored 16 and Melvin Gordon scored four. So what's all that reverse psychology? We're in your head, but they still won. So, I mean, it was irrelevant. (laughs) We're in your head. I know I know Ottawa won, so I don't really want to harp on this too much, but man, the guy just keeps having such bad luck with that sort of stuff. Because one, Damian Harris outscored Gordon, and then he'd started Chase Claypool the last like two weeks and he'd done nothing. So this week he switched out Jarvis Landry for Chase Claypool. And Jarvis Landry did essentially nothing, scored five, and Claypool had a good game of eight. And then the last week that he didn't start Claypool was the week that Claypool went off for like 38, you know? (laughs) So he just, he's having that luck that I did with like tight ends at the start of the year, where one of my dudes just went off every week, and every week I didn't start that guy. So. Yeah. Yeah, It's so so hard to feel bad for him, though, when he's dropping 106. Yeah, no, I feel you, but but this is a championship level team that's four and four and nearly lost again. He was very close to being three and five. That's true, and he is a game back uh, out of uh, wild card spot. No, and while we're on it, another heartbreaking game for Jevy, Um, because I mean his his all his guys performed well, but like nobody had that massive game that you expect from somebody like Lamar Jackson or Derrick Henry, you know, they, yeah. And honestly, I think the biggest thing this week for him is he had that big old donut from Deontay Johnson. If he'd have yep. had just about anything else there, he wins this yep. game and like uh, scoring 99, like you would expect, expect to be winning that. In fact, I believe the winning percentage for 99 points is like 75%. So, right. Uh, uh, by the way, you can find that in uh, this upcoming uh, version of the record book that will be released at the end of the season. Something to look forward to. Self-plug, you cock. Which leads us to our next game between the Cocker City Thunder. Crazy? Self-plug, <laughs> 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 you cock. <laughs> Is that a weird way of saying go fuck yourself? A little bit. <laughs> All right, well, the Thundercocks had the most dominating day of anybody, and it was entirely because of Dalvin Cook and a very impressive performance by the Miami Dolphins defense, which was projected to score four. At one point, I'm pretty sure the Dolphins had either scored 27 or 28, and then the Rams ended up scoring 17 points and moved the ball a little bit, so that dropped from 27 to 9, or excuse me 27 to 18 a loss of nine (laughs) but that's still you know if you get 18 points from any defense that's amazing and when your defense is projected to score four and you get 18 that's huge Uh, and i would like to point out you were talking up how tough green bay's run defense was and i kind of questioned that last week because fantasy wise it is not good yeah. I was clearly that showed 46 goddamn fantasy points. <laughs> you're you're right. You, was, as a Packers fan watching that game, that was tearful. 
That was, that was sad. Beautiful. That was soul crushing. <laughs> it was it was beautiful, and we will get more onto that with our next matchup. But stick it on oh, this no. one here for a second. No, um, but no. I, I do I do want to talk about that that Packers game because it was so beautiful. But I was just the statistics had the Packers at the number twelve rush defense in the NFL, which was surprising, and uh, maybe it was misleading. Maybe they haven't played very many good rushing teams i haven't really looked at their schedule that much I so. think, honestly i think it's more like just lack of volume because they do get up on on teams so much that it turns into a passing thing so the rush offense looks better or excuse yeah. me, the rush defense looks better than what it is like on yeah. a per touch basis it's not good it's really really not good yeah yeah and yeah the vikings exposed it um I was I was correct on one thing in that matchup, which ended up being irrelevant because of Dalvin Cook. But I said I didn't think Kareem Hunt would have that good of a game, and lo and behold, he scored six, which was twelve points lower than his massively high eighteen projection. Which I still don't know what that was about. But I just feel like the projections have just been way off this year on ESPN. I think probably 18 was a little high. I think that for that particular matchup, you have to wonder how much like the weird weather situation played into it. Yeah. So I don't know that you read into it too much because they're basically playing in a goddamn blizzard. So right. chalk that one up to just being a weird game. Yeah. And then on the other side, uh, I think we were both intrigued by Le'Veon Bell playing the Jets again and, he didn't have a bad game. I mean, fantasy-wise, he didn't really do anything, but he just didn't get that many touches, which shouldn't be overly surprising. It was only his second, you know, second game with the Chiefs, but he did a little bit of damage in the passing game, three catches for 31 yards, and then just did nothing with his carries, six for seven. So, eh. Yeah, but it was... I, I kind of wondered if maybe it would be used as a, as a revenge game of sorts, but yeah. – I still, looking back at it now, um, even even if it was, Bell is just going to be the number two running back on the team, whereas yep. he's had Justin Jackson sitting on his bench for who went off for 13. Like Justin Jackson is the starter. I know Zach Moss did better with 20 points this week, but I I think I would have done Justin Jackson over Le'Veon Bell, which is a sentence yep. I don't think I would ever say. <laughs> and you're probably not going to be saying very much longer as Eckler gets closer to returning, but I think he's still looking at being gone for what another three to four weeks, probably. But uh, I think so. Yeah. I might be yeah. wrong, but I think you're right there. I think the biggest thing for, for Scott city this week that obviously Dalvin cook was not an ideal opponent, but the biggest thing that sunk him this week was Jimmy Garoppolo getting him one point. Yeah, no, for sure. Which I think we did say that too. Is I I wasn't a big fan of Jimmy G as a starter, but he also didn't have any other quarterbacks on the roster. And we talked about uh, yes or last week how there wasn't that much in free agency either. So I mean, yeah. he didn't really have any other move. And I think Jimmy G he got hurt, right? Or yep, yep, or he, he got hurt, and I think he's probably done for the year and maybe for his career with the 49ers. Yep, which <laughs> is nuts. You have a half of a bad season, which is entirely because of injury. A year well, after last taking year, he wasn't looking great. He was looking just okay at best. Yeah, 
but I mean, they still went to the Super Bowl. Like, yeah, in in games where he threw eight passes. Yeah, but me, I remember okay. that game. He threw looking, eight passes. Look, looking back at 2019, just looking at his statistics, he completed 69 percent of his passes for nice three three yeah nice three thousand nine hundred seventy eight yards twenty seven touchdowns thirteen interceptions and a quarterback rating of a hundred and two his career so quarterback rating is now a ninety eight point nine so scrub with, yeah which that would be if his career statistics held up that would be top thirty of all time for career quarterback ratings. Which don't get me wrong, I am not saying Jimmy G is a top thirty all-time quarterback, but statistically, statistically, I don't know why you would give up on him yet. <laughs> you know, like he I hasn't think been. Probably awful. if they're like, going to go into like a full rebuild and the cost of his contract, I think that would be the reason of it. I just, I just don't know why you would go into a full rebuild right now because mm-hmm. the whole reason you were four and four. Is because half your defensive starters are injured, and you're still four and four in one of the toughest divisions in football. So, like, you're still a good team. Just take this year and then come back strong next year. But that's not how the NFL works. So, whatever it is, what it so is. We just throw in the towel now and just just go for broke, tank it. That's that's just that's just the Packer fan in you <laughs> trying to get the NFC to God die down. Right. God damn right it is. <laughs> All right, but I think that pretty much covers it for that game. A uh, couple huge scores from Cocker City, and then a bunch of nice nice games from their receivers. Mike Evans scored 11, Cooper Cup 11. Uh, Drew Locke overperformed, scored 19. It's projected at 13. Um, once again, proved that he's a shitty dancer after his victory throw, but that's irrelevant, <laughs> so. It was a good day for Cocker City. All right, and then for the battle for first place in whatever our division is, the Northwestern Eastern dog shit. It's the shit. who cares division, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Marys, Marysville Packers did it again, and not in super impressive fashion, just a kind of melodramatic 88-77. Bland, bland game. Uh, Rogers had a good game. Devontae Adams had a good game. That's the ball game. <laughs> Pretty I much, guess, honest to God, that's basically what this thing boiled down to is Aaron Rodgers, three touchdown passes to Devontae Adams, who caught all three fucking touchdown passes. That yep. last one is exactly what did me in. Uh, I, it was that, yeah. and Carson Wentz just not giving the Eagles a chance to just ice the game away in the first quarter against the Cowboys is that's pretty much what doomed me this week. And I mean, I don't know. I mean, you could have had a really bad week if it wasn't for uh Giovanni Bernard. Um, he had a huge game. Yes, he did. And uh, Allen Robinson did have a good game as well, but your stud of a tight end, Noah Fant had another eh, game. I mean, yeah, I'll agree. He didn't have a great fantasy output, but Drew Locke was missing him on some easy passes that easily would have changed him from having four points to like eight, nine, maybe 15 if he catches a touchdown pass. Like it was that kind of game. So he's he's due for an outbreak. 
I'm just saying that's four consecutive games where he has scored less than five fantasy points. You know, yeah, I'm just saying you were you were you win you, more than two games in a year. I'll listen to your fantasy advice. Well, I'm just hey, I'm just saying you were patting yourself on the back for being so right about your tight ends, and it's goddamn right I, I was because he scored 14 and then 13, and you two were like, oh, he's a piece of shit tight end. And at that point, I looked like a fucking genius. Now, no, not so much, but I choose to live in the past. Yeah, and then let's look at Dallas Goddard. Uh, in the three games that he's played in since his big week one. He has scored three points, zero points, and one point. All right, let's go back to week one where my tight ends were just fucking <laughs> phenomenal. I just wanted to bring that up because that argument was not down. Because I, I did say, ask me again in five weeks how your tight ends are doing. And so far... I will say, I think part of, part of the thing with Fant, and I'm not trying to make huge excuses for him, he was playing with backup quarterback play for a significant portion of that. Yeah, and they and both got hurt. Yeah. yeah, they both so I, got. I feel like there's there's explanations for why his output was probably lower. You know, not necessarily to excuse it from a fantasy output standpoint, but you can understand why at that point it did drop compared to what he had been doing at the beginning of the year. Yep. yep. All right. So we'll go ahead and move on from there real quick. But uh, Andy. <laughs> but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but um, our next game is going to be the old Liberty Crushers at the Lehigh Horny Toads. And to no one's surprise, Liberty won. But it was closer than a lot of people would have expected. And uh, This was a lot closer. Yeah. And it's, it's surprising that it was close because when you look at the lineups right here, um, Lehigh is running backs, running back one, running back two, wide receiver one wide receiver two, and their tight end scored a combined 14 points. That's that's five players scoring 14. That's like three points per person. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is, that, is that good in fantasy? Three that's points not, per player? That's not great, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> if, that, if that was his whole lineup, that's, uh, that's 27 points there. And to put that in perspective – Spiller's defense, the Eagles, scored 21 on their own. Ooh. So if I tell you somebody's defense scores 21 and their opponents running back one, running back two, wide receiver one, wide receiver two, and tight end score a combined 14 points, you think that's a blowout win, right? I do think that there's some uh, felony charges that are about to be presented, yes. Right, 100% of the time, but not this week. Spiller only won by 15. <laughs> and, yeah, I, I just I don't know. Like, Zeke played terrible, got no production out of his receivers. Hunter Henry did nothing. Kicker did nothing. Like, uh, Josh Allen – to be fair to Josh Allen, that Patriots defense is still tough. But still, only 12 fantasy points, and Josh Allen's been scoring 25 to 30 each week. So, like, and then you look on his bench, who could he have started? Like, the only big point scorer he had was the Steelers' defense, which even that, like, they scored eight points less than who he started. So there's not a move he could have used on his bench. Yeah. They, they just did nothing. 
So it was just a weird week. Uh, it's, it's, you're right. It is a weird week. I think part of it, Liberty's team doesn't, isn't as good as what we thought it was going to be, you know, start of the year. And I think a lot of that comes down to Zeke will not be as good because of the Cowboys offensive issues. Yep. Um, Devin Singletary is in much more of a, uh, a timeshare with Zach Moss and, what we expect. Although I guess he did just trade for Devin Singletary. I think there was a trade. Uh, we skipped over news, but it was with Spillers, so nobody gives a shit. Yep. So, I just I don't know. This is this is going to be probably one of the the worst Liberty teams that we've seen in quite a few years. And I'm not I'm not saying I'm upset about that. I'm just stating that <laughs> as fact. Right. I agree. Um. Which, I mean, you also have to look into it. It's also partially because as uh, Saquon Barkley and Debo Samuels are hurt. So, I mean, those two really hurt. And yeah, then he was – He does was, have Saquon. I forgot about that. Yeah, and then he was getting big production out of Raheem Most, Mostert. And uh, he's, he's not. So, like, a lot of injuries to the old Liberty Spillers, Liberty Crushers, anybody but Spillers. I'm tired. <laughs> Liberty, uh, like, I'm going to pinch you just lightly. They not playing too well, but I still think they're <laughs> probably going to win, win their division. So, Moving on to the next game, the old Wichita Weed Bandits against the Gerard Wellbrox. Um, I think a little bit of a shocker here, not not too big. They were both projected a lot higher than they actually scored. Um, it was just a really bad game for Gerard this week, um, which Russell Wilson, once again, huge game, but outside of Russell Wilson, nothing for like all your position players, not counting the kicker or defense. No one scored more than seven. And other than that seven, nobody scored more than three. So very, very low per- Scoring game. Why couldn't he have done that last week, you motherfucker? <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> anyways, uh, Wichita didn't really do that much either. Had a huge game from DK Metcalf and a good game from Joe Burrow, and then he got about what he what he needed, what he wanted from Josh Jacobs, but then nothing from anybody else. Like literally a zero from Amari Cooper was fortunate to get one point from Matt Burita. Uh, big news for Jordy. George Kittle went on IR and is more than likely done for the year. I think Kittle said he's going to try to be back within three weeks, but the typical outlook is eight-week injury for what he got. Yeah, there's no way. Kittle's yeah. done for the year. Yeah, which he might be able to come back for like week 16 or 17, but fantasy will essentially be over by then. And uh, unless Jordy's like playing for a ship because our championships in week 16, right? Yep. Yep. And Uh, then uh, this is a huge blow for Wichita. Yeah. It's going to be real tough, especially because Kittle is one of those players that provides you such a huge uh, uh, positional advantage that losing that the rest of his roster isn't super strong. So losing Kittle is going to be a huge deal for him going forward. Yeah, for sure. Which stink. That really stinks because they may have just gotten momentum back with this 
slight upset win over Gerard. Back to four and four, back to five hundred, and then bam. Now you have a tight end issue and you have a running back issue. And since Cowboys don't have a quarterback, Amari Cooper is a wide receiver liability, so you have a wide receiver issue. So Wichita Weed yep. Bandits back to being the well, Wichita Weed Bandits. So <laughs> minus the ten quarterbacks. Yep. Yeah. He's only got <laughs> sure. two on his roster. Jordan, you might want to change that. Nope. <laughs> but I, I think I think this would basically kind of what we were expecting production wise out of Wichita. I think the biggest surprise was the low production out of Gerard. And honestly, the exact same situation that we talked about with Lehigh. Uh you combine his RB one, his RB two, uh wide receiver one, wide receiver two, and his tight end. Those four uh five guys combined. Guess how many points? That's right, 14. So he and <laughs> Lehigh uh, were kind of in collusion this week. Like, you have five guys that combine for 14. You're going to have a bad week. Right. And you throw in his flex in. Now he's just up to 16. Like, he had no help on his roster. Like, this was, this was just an overall terrible week for him. And I don't know that there's really much he could have done. He's got some other guys that kind of went off for some points on his bench, but looking at him, I don't know that I would have made any different lineup decisions. This was just fate conspired to just doom Gerard this week. Yep, yep, yep. Weird week from Hale. Which leads us, yep, leads us to our 2020 doomsday dog shit matchup of the week, the Cleveland Steamers at the Potter Muggles. Um, Woo! What can you say about this one? Um, Potter started a defense that scored negative two points. His running backs combined to score 12. Tight end only scored three. Kicker only scored five. And yet he won by 17. So just shows you. Probably just because he's facing the relegation leader. You're not wrong. Um, Another bad day from Cleveland's running backs. Not overly surprising when they're Josh Kelly and Latavius Murray. You typically don't want your starting two running backs to be fucking backups. (laughs) 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 Wide receiver. No, you don't. (laughs) So just out of curiosity, just out of curiosity, once Austin Eckler does come back and Joshua Kelly becomes the number three running back, like, what are you going to do at running back? Well, I mean, that's what we were talking. I was talking about a little bit ago. Um, it's which that was probably pre-recording, but um, Nick Chubb is two weeks from coming back from injury, so I'll be able to plug Chubb in and just go with Chubb and Murray. Oh, uh, right. And I mean, I'm hoping Frank Gore will randomly have a good game, but I, that Jets team is so bad. I I don't think it'll ever happen. He, he's getting touches, touches, which is a positive thing, but but it's still like. I guess it wouldn't hurt to start Frank Gore. It just wouldn't really help either. He's scoring the same as these two, like three points a game, essentially. But put Chubb in here in about two weeks. That'll help out a lot. I like my receivers. Uh, It was a bad week for Robbie Anderson, which I think that's two, two consecutive bad games. Jerry Judy didn't do bad as a flex. Got myself seven. Um. I have some moves now with Antonio Brown and um, 
Jalen Rager coming back from injury. But it's just my running backs are so bad. I just each each and every week I I need somebody to score thirty for me to have a shot to win. And I think the only person I have on my team. Yeah. (laughs) The only person I have on my team that's capable of doing that is Ryan Tannehill and Julio Jones. So yeah. No, this is definitely uh, Potter didn't have a great week either. Um, yep. had a couple of guys score score pretty well for him, most notably Curtis Samuel with 17, but overall a bad week. He just happened to be real fortunate to uh, be facing Cleveland this week and dropping that deuce. So I was finishing my drink. <clears throat> it seemed like a perfect time to take a chug of whiskey, but I'm not drinking tonight. It was water. <clears throat> <laughs> you know, at some point we got to bring back uh, beer of the pod. <laughs> I know, eventually, eventually. <laughs> 2020's just been too hectic for that shit. <laughs> seems, seems the wrong time to be promoting alcoholism when people might actually, <laughs> you know, go into alcoholism. It's like, I saw a statistic the other day. It's like um, the amount of alcohol purchased is up like 46% from this time last year or something, yep. something crazy like that. All right. Oh, there's your vibrator again. Yeah, Keep and the message message says thank you. So. <laughs> <laughs> a little buzz buzz. Say thank you for the good time you showed me. Good buzz buzz. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of uh, dog shit, um, I'm just going to go ahead and start with myself so we can get it over with. <laughs> All right. We got- think that Brandon can win this week? I, you know... There's a chance. Um, it's not great. I need some stuff to happen, but the win probability starting off right now for Winfield is only 57%. Without home field advantage, he's only projected to score 81. So he's only really a five-point favorite without home field advantage. But unfortunately, he does have the home field advantage, so projected to win by 10. But we don't currently know if Michael Thomas is going to play. He's only listed as questionable, but last I knew he wasn't going to play like very limited, limited with home field advantage. Uh, He'd be projected to score 86 and that's with Mark Ingram projected to score zero. Just, just FYI. Okay. Gotcha. I didn't realize he was projected to score zero. I didn't pop up on there, but, Anyways, still, that's that's part of my point, though. Mark Ingram and Michael Thomas both might not play, and if they do play, they probably won't be full strength. Um, if they don't play, that gives Jevy some really tough decisions to make because Odell Beckham Jr., he's now out for the year. Um, his only other receiver would be Deontay Johnson, who is a hit or miss each week. He had a big week last week. I know we were talking about that. Or was it? No, he had a. Was it, he had a bad week last week? I know we just said it. Yeah, Deontay Johnson uh, scored him a big old donut. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. So, in three of his last four games, we're going to skip the one good game that he had, but in three of his last four games, <laughs> he's had... I noticed that you do that. You like to skip good games. Like You don't well, like no, to I focus was... on any players that have good games. I think that is part of the reason why you're one in seven. Go ahead and shut up right now. (laughs) In in three of the last four games, he's combined for two catches for four yards in those three games. 
Now, the one game I didn't mention, he had nine catches for 80 yards and two touchdowns. Now, the point that I'm going for is that he has been very hit or miss. So he could go off for 15 points, and he could also go off for a big fat zero like he did last week. And then his other running back is Philip Lindsay, who looked good last week until he got hurt again. So once again, he's questionable, so he could play. But that's another big question mark. So if my guys can just do something, something, I think I have a chance this week. I know we didn't – I broke down both teams right there, so I apologize. But um, No, honestly, I, I don't think that I would have much different to add in. I think the only thing that I'm going to disagree on is I don't think you have much of a chance. I would put your win percentage – I know this is what – ESPN saying is at 57%, but like I said, Mark Ingram uh, showing up with the zero that he'll probably swap out. Uh, I would put your odds of winning probably more in lines of like 5 10%. I think that's way too, way too low, uh, especially with the way Gronk's... Relegation later, dude. Like, Winfield's been scoring 90 <laughs> points consistently. Healthy? He's been scoring 90 points a week consistently. I, Healthy. I, I don't... I, I don't think we're going to disagree. We're both about to pick Winfield on this, so I don't know why you're going to argue with me on this. Yep. Well, I'm just – I think you're underlooking my roster, though. Like You have Latavius Murray and Josh Kelly as your running backs. Yeah, I don't think I'm overlooking your roster. Julio Jones, Robbie Anderson, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski. Good okay, match. I don't think I'm overlooking your roster. You got a dog shit roster. Okay, well – We'll come back to that when Julio scores 20, Robbie scores 20, Ryan Tannehill scores 30, and I score 105 this week and lose. Yeah, I'm okay. picking. <laughs> All right. <laughs> 105 to 106. All right. I'll allow it. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, nobody's going to disagree. We're, we're both picking Winfield, right? Yeah. Yeah. My, my main point was like, I don't think it would be that shocking. Like looking at the lineups for this week. Um, like, because look at who Lamar Jackson's playing against. Indiana Colts. <laughs> the Indian Indiana Colts. Jesus. Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> the Indiana. The Indiana. The Indian. The, well, the they, Indianos. To be fair, the they Indianas. are in Indiana. So. The Indianas. <laughs> that is not wrong. But they are in Diana. Yeah. And then Jamison Crowder, he's facing the New England Patriots. You know. Kelsey. And you're you're really really trying to, to poke holes in this team. Like you're trying no, to. Say no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not. You're saying, totally trying. To, yeah. I'm not saying they're off. You're totally I'm, trying to psych yourself out. No, I'm saying it's one of those weeks that if for some reason an upset happened, I wouldn't be shocked. But I still have to go with the ten point favorite of Winfield. That's all. I'm Fifteen point. Fifteen point. That 86 doesn't account for the home field advantage. I thought it does. Okay. Well, all right. Not on that screen. I'm looking right at his his uh, team page lineup saying projected for 86. Okay, then. Well. Then, then you factor in, like, somebody else being plugged in for marking them or, you know, marking them getting any kind of points. But he just doesn't yeah, really do plug in there. But, yeah, I feel you. Okay. So, what – you're Next done. week, you're done, kid. If for some reason I do win that, what you just said right there at one hour, five minute, twenty five seconds, 
is going to be the start of the podcast next week. But I'm totally any- changing the password to the account. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, moving on to our next week's matchup, <laughs> the Wichita Weed Bandit at Scott City. I'll go ahead and describe the Weed Bandits. I'll let you take Scott City. Um, Drew Brees has a tough matchup this week on the road at Tampa Bay. Jordy doesn't have that great of a running back situation. Josh Jacobs has been underperforming, and he has a road matchup with the Los Angeles Chargers. It's not great. And then Matt Burita, bleh. Um, DK Metcalf could have another big game this week, but it's a tough matchup at Buffalo. Um, what Brandon Cook shows up is it the one that scores zero or the one that scores 15 to 20? So it's just kind of a tough toss up player right there. Then, like we already said, uh, tight end situation's not great, has to start Mike Jacecki again, Amari Cooper against the Steelers. Uh, not a great Good night. Not a great week for Wichita. On the other side of the ball, um, I think Scott City's got some reasonably decent matchups. Um, biggest things he's got, uh, he's got Kyler Murray and Christian Kirk against Miami. I still do like that Miami defense, um, especially the secondary. I think this is going to be a little bit tougher than what you would think, but that team just looks super dynamic. I think that. They're going to score him quite a few points combined. Todd Gurley up against Denver. I don't know that it's a great matchup. I don't know that it's a terrible matchup. I just think it's a matchup. I think Todd Gurley's going to have an average matchup this week. Um, Justin Jackson should have a solid matchup against Las Vegas. Uh, doesn't have a good defense there. Tyreek Hill is going to have a tough, uh, tough matchup against Carolina. That defense is kind of quietly good. Uh, probably still score some scores a touchdown and salvages the day. Uh, John U. Smith, like the stud of the year, surprise stud of the year. Um, Chicago's defense is good. This is going to be tough for him. Um, Zach Moss is probably going to feast up against Seattle because Seattle does not have a good defense this year. Like It's just it's not been great. So he might be able to get into position to score a touchdown with two. Um, and then defense and kicker and yeah. Um, I, I will say about Zach Moss um, and that Seattle defense, the defense did just require or acquire uh, Carlos Dunlap from the Cincinnati Bengals. So that might help that front seven a little bit, but I, I do agree with you. I don't, I don't know that he can play this week though, since because of all the COVID protocols. Yeah, you're right. You're right. He won't be until next week. I think. So I don't, yeah, I don't think that'll matter this week. Good call. I think overall, um, probably not going to be a great week out of Scott City, uh, like we're used to with his high 90s, low 100s. But I think he's still going to have high 80s, low 90s, and pull out the win this week. Yeah, I'm I'm a little off on you. Um, I think he's going to be more of a low 80s to mid 80s this week. Um, so not too far off, but little different. But I think Jordy's projection of 84 is way high. Like, I think this could be a very bad week for Jordy. Um, maybe a low 70s sort of day. So I think that home field advantage for Scott City should be enough to be the edge. So I'm going with the Beavers as well. And this is the Eve Summer Douche matchup of the week. Uh, the Lawrence Monkey Mafia at the Gerard. Well, Brock's let you go. <laughs> 
I'll let you go ahead and take it, Gerard. <laughs> um, honestly, this looks like a pretty good week for Gerard. Um, Russell Wilson's always going to outperform his projections. He's projected for 24, so he's going to outperform that because why the hell not? Um, David Johnson has a pretty good matchup up against Jacksonville. Um, that defense and that whole team, honestly, just overall is terrible. Houston should hold the lead and be able to just kind of grind it out. David Johnson hasn't looked good, but he's looked good enough that he'll get the volume. Ronald Jones looks really good when he gets the opportunities, but I don't know if he's going to get the opportunity or not. Like, if he does, this is going to be great for Gerard. If he doesn't, this is going to be real, real low score. So, like, Ronald Jones at this point, at least the way that I'm looking at it, is going to be kind of boomer bust. Yeah. Uh, Thielen up against Detroit, average matchup, you know, and you never know, is Thielen going to blow up? Is Jefferson going to blow up? This is another who knows what's going to happen. Uh, Tyler Lockett up against Buffalo. That could be good just because Russell Wilson, but again, Buffalo's defense looks good, and if they decide they're just going to allow DK Metcalf to run all over them, maybe that's what happens. I see this as another boom-bust type matchup. Jared Cook has looked reasonable, but hasn't been a difference-making tight end. Um, Flex with Cole Beasley going up against Seattle possibly could be a good matchup. Um, Josh Allen has not looked great as of late, but it's a very, very choice matchup up against Seattle. Uh, then he's got Texans up against Jacksonville offense and the kicker. And Will Lutz is Will Lutz has been clutch. We got to give give Will Lutz some credit here. Um, he he has scored. He's still more, just a kicker. Will Lutz has scored more fantasy points this year than my RB one and RB two combined. That's because your team is dog shit. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but but let's see. Will Lutz has scored 14, 9, 12, 5, 12, 6, and 10. I would take that as a running back, too. Just saying. So No, I, I don't disagree. I'm yeah. just saying the like, differences between between the kickers really isn't that much. Uh, we wanted to look on a points per game. We're gonna, uh, so, number one kicker scoring 11.6 points per game. The number 12 is 8.4. So, you know, three points between number one number two. In the grand scheme of things, not a huge difference between number one and number twelve. So he has a kicker. You know, they're they're all random. They're gonna score some points. Who knows how many it's gonna be, but in the end, it's all gonna basically be they, the same. They matter. In the grand scheme, you might be right. Week by week, I think you're dead wrong. But going on to the Lawrence Monkey Mafia, I think you got a rough week this week. I do too. I really yep. do. Yeah, but, I just... but just real quick, real quick, I want to go back to the like points per game thing because I know I'm about to like make Dakota's day, and then you can trash on my team, I promise. But difference between uh, kicker one, kicker twelve is three points per game. Difference in running back one and running back twelve is twelve points per game. So massive difference. All right, go ahead, shit on me for the brand. <laughs> <laughs> I've got Gerard this week uh, looking at your lineup. It's uh, not bad. Uh, I actually think the old Cleveland Steamers might actually outscore Lawrence this week. But it'll be close. It will be close. 
Um, yeah. I, I don't trust DeAndre Swift. I think he had a good game the other day, but I think he's going up against a desperate Minnesota Vikings team who does – they do still have a good front seven. They just have not played overly well this year, but they did just come off of their best game of the year against the Packers. Um, Antonio Gibson, once again, he's playing a terrible Giants team. But if you look at that Giants defense, the defense actually is not not bad. So it's kind of a tough matchup for Antonio Gibson there. Allen Robinson potentially could have a really big game, but Nick Foles has been so inconsistent. You're not really sure with what he's going to get. But I will say Allen Robinson is much better than I was giving him credit for. Um, when we were going to the bars every Thursday and Monday for football games. And then Terry. Alan, Alan Robinson is absolutely the most underappreciated wide receiver in the NFL. If I, he had any kind of competent quarterback play, he would be top five wide receiver in the league. Yeah, I agree. And then I uh, DJ Moore, I think he's a, He's kind of a boomer bust play lately. It's been a weird year in Carolina. I thought he'd be much more of like a star player, but he is coming off a couple of really good games. I just think this is one that he's probably going to step back a little bit because the Chiefs secondary has been, it's been pretty good. Their run defense has not been good, but the secondary has been fairly strong. And with it being an arrowhead, I think Teddy and DJ Moore are in for a tough matchup. And then the Chargers D against the Raiders. Who knows that Raiders D? That Raiders offense is really good, and then some days they are really bad. So, could be a bad day for the Chargers. It could be a good day for the Chargers. I'm not sure. So, boomer bust on that one. And then Ryan Suckup. I with that Buccaneers offense. I I don't know. I mean, they're going up against a good Saints defense, so Suckup could be used quite often this week. So. Might be a good day for your kicker. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is one of those weeks. I, I don't think either of us are going to disagree. I think both of us are going to pick Gerard. I think yeah. for me personally, I've given myself about a 15, 20% chance of winning. I don't like my odds. Yeah. Um, I give you about a five. So right. like, that's not, that's not disputing anything that I've just said. In fact, that's like agreeing. You just focus on these Weird little statistics and one seven. Even though I've outscored you, you. Uh, how many? Hey, how many what are you? Uh, one and seven. How many? One and seven. Here was it four? Four times I've had seven. Four out of eight. Yeah. How, there's the for yeah, you still can't win. There's an advanced statistic for you. You're not making the playoffs either, buddy. At least when I was talking shit last year, I was winning. So hey, here we go. Lehigh at Potter. My chance to catch up in the relegation race. You got to outscore Lehigh by like 60, uh, 64, 65 well, to be exact. Well, this is a week that I could help because, remember, Lehigh has no roster moves left, and the Dallas Cowboys defense can't play this week. So he will Honestly, be – that might be a benefit for him. It might, but they did score – well, they're – yeah. But they did score 15 <laughs> points last week against the Eagles. So, I mean – they finally have playing Pittsburgh this week. Well, next. Oh, okay. So, yeah, actually, that's probably why he didn't put him in the lineup. <laughs> He's that's, a, <laughs> that's that's actually good managing by Lehigh, to be honest with you. I'm gonna laugh when they actually have a good game, though. That'd be hilarious. 
but that would be only because I know I know Nick is a big Pittsburgh fan. So if he has to watch uh, the Cowboys defense have a great game on his bench against his team, yeah, oh, be beautiful. Yeah, I I just think this is one of those weeks for Lehigh where he could be scoring in the forties. Like, I'm not saying he will, but it's one of those weeks that it could easily end up that way. Um, I don't trust Darnell Moody at receiver. That's his flex. Uh, Roethlisberger has not done much at all this year. Uh, Jonathan Taylor has to play the Ravens. Brian Hill as your running back, too. It's not great. I do like Justin Jefferson and Will Fuller. They got decent matchups. But, I mean, that's that's it. Hayden Hurst against Denver. It's not great. Um, it's it's going to be a terrible week for Lehigh. Lehigh's team is so bad. <laughs> I think this is another week that Potter just gets a great matchup. Um, I don't know that he's got a good week ahead of him. Um, it looks like most of his folks have pretty difficult matchups. He just happens to be catching an opponent who's also going to be having a bad matchup. So I think this is going to be another low-scoring affair. Um, but I think this is one, especially with home field advantage, I do think that Potter should come away with this win. Ant, yeah. Ant just earned their third ever home field advantage um, win. That's right. I'm digging into the stat book for this shit. <laughs> Which, I mean, Potter Potter will need to make a either a roster move or a position change because I think Miles Gaskin's been ruled as out for this week. And that's currently been, yeah. starting running back. So once he gets that filled up, his projection's going to go higher since – He's currently projected at 85 without home field, which puts him at 90. And if he gets another running back in there, it'll probably be somewhere between 95 and 98. So, Yeah, I think he'll put in probably Adrian Peterson, if I'm going to guess. Yeah. So, you know, four or five points there. Yep, yep. So, yeah, I, I got Potter big. Okay, so maybe maybe Potter won't win his third home field advantage thing. I just wanted to throw out that stat. <laughs> you guys don't understand. I've spent so much time on that thing. Like, I'm so proud of some of the, some of the work I've done. Please appreciate it. No. Know that I care about this league. <laughs> I don't give a shit what you think. Thank you. Your opinion is trash. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> so, since you were being such a thundercock, I'll let you take the thundercocks in this matchup between the Marysville Packers and the Cocker City Thundercocks. This is a week. Let Dalvin Cook just score 20,000 points. That would make me happy. Um, you know, actually, uh, Carker City does have some pretty fantastic matchups. Drew Lock against Atlanta. That's a secondary you can take full advantage of. I know after the coaching change, they definitely looked a lot better, but that's still not a great defense. Dalvin Cook, great running back. Uh, Detroit, not a good run defense. So that's another one. He's definitely not going to score 46. I would be willing to bet quite a bit of money on that. But I could see that being high teens, low 20s type scoring for him, and it wouldn't shock me at all. Um, if Chris Carson is back this week, he's got a tough matchup against Buffalo, but that should still net him some points. Um, he's got some good matchups with his wide receivers, Mike Evans against New Orleans, John Brown against Seattle. Uh once again, he needs to figure out his tight end situation because his tight end is on by. I assume that he will pick somebody off of the waivers, uh, so that will be uh, remain to be seen. Um, 
I could see Marquise Brown scoring just a long touchdown. You know, that's that's a very boom bust thing. I think probably this matchup is going to rest on that. Does Marquise Brown score a long fluky touchdown? Um, if he does, probably Cocker wins with home field advantage. If he doesn't, Cocker probably loses. I I don't. I think I get Marysville this week. Um, with Jimmy G going down, I think San Francisco is going to be just really down in the dumps and. Green Bay after getting their shit rocked against Minnesota. And I think that was their second consecutive loss off of a bye week. I think it's definitely wake up time. And with Aaron Jones coming back from injury, hopefully, um, it should be a fairly, fairly big week for. Uh, you know, Packers. here's the thing that I, I it, as a Packers fan, uh, here's what I would be concerned about. I agree. The 49ers should not look good this week, Jimmy G being out. Plus, they just had to shut down their facilities for the uh, today because of COVID concerns. Going to have to plan a short week. Like So, in my mind, this looks like this should be a very, very good game for, for the Packers. If that is the case, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams shouldn't do a lot because it should just be run the clock. And if Aaron Jones doesn't play because it's a short week and apparently his injury is worse than what everybody thought. Like this may not be a week where he gets any points, you know, very many points out of, out of his Packers players. I feel you. I, th- I just think Marysville has more players on the lineup, especially if Chris Godwin's back from injury as well. Another big, if I think Darren Waller's due for a big game with the Raiders, let's see. Just wanted to look at Waller's previous couple games. Um, yeah, so last week he had five for 27, but before that he had two consecutive games with touchdown receptions, and before that he had nine catches for 88 yards. So Darren Waller's a stud, um, and I think he's going to have a another big game against San Diego, formerly known as San Diego, now Los Angeles Cox. <laughs> Speaking of Cox. All right, well, I th- I think this will be probably the week that we or uh, the game that we disagree on this week. I'm actually going to go with the Thunder Cox this week. Yeah, but you always blow Dakota. Only with home field advantage. Am yeah. I right, Dakota? <laughs> yeah. And you're just trying to get a game back in the division, you dirty bastard. So. Oh God, I know. I need it. I need it so bad. <laughs> I need an upset this week on my end, and I need an upset on Dakota's end. Please, please. <laughs> All right, and we'll conclude. With the game of the week, I think this is actually probably the best matchup, and it's a team of two highly favored title contenders, the Ottawa Anarchists and the Liberty Crushers. I'm going to take Ottawa, so, and I'll go ahead and go first on this one. Um, this potentially could be a really big week for Ottawa, as it appears that Christian McCaffrey will be coming back from injury. Um he gets a great matchup against the Kansas city chiefs because that run defense is not good. Um, which he also has of the from the Kansas city chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, knowing that they are facing a player with the caliber of Christian McCaffrey. I do expect Carolina to score a decent amount of points, which means Patrick Mahomes is probably going to be throwing it a lot. And when Patrick Mahomes throws it a lot, he usually scores a lot. So I think, those two players right there are going to score a lot of points for Ottawa. Um, and then you go down a little bit more. You got Alvin Kamara. Uh, he has a tough matchup at Tampa Bay. 
but the last time that these two teams met, he didn't really have that good of a game, but he did score two touchdowns. So fantasy-wise, he did have a very good game. But 12 carries for 16 yards, a touchdown, and five catches for 50 yards and a touchdown. So, I mean, he's the guy that they're going to go to to get touchdowns. He usually comes through. So I think you can count on Alvin Kamara having another good game. Um, I don't know if he's going to start Calvin Ridley or not, because I think Ridley's hurt, if I saw that right. says he's not practicing. Uh, it's so. questionable. I, I imagine he's going to play. Yeah, I don't. They they seemed really doubtful last week when I saw updates, but yeah, it is saying questionable. So I mean, but with it being that kind of injury, who knows what kind of production he can get? And on his bench, he has Juju Smith Schuster, which typically you would think that's a startable player, but he hasn't really done much this year or really last year. And he has currently has Chase Claypool in over Juju. So I mean, that's kind of another. That whole situation at receiver for him is kind of a boomer bust situation. I don't love Evan Ingram at tight end. I don't love Jamichael Hasty at running back. Um, I love the Colts defense, but not against Baltimore. That's a tough matchup. And for this situation, I will say he has a kicker because I'm not super high on Daniel Carlson as a kicker. But but he has a couple. He is the Raiders kicker for <laughs> those who don't know. Right. But he has uh, – he has three players that could score a lot of points this week, then a couple positions that he needs them to score a lot, but has been wildly inconsistent this year. But what do we got at Liberty? Uh, Liberty actually looks like they should have a pretty good week. Um, I think the biggest question uh, is going to be a quarterback. Deshaun Watson up against Jacksonville. That's a great matchup. But if they get up early, do they just turn over to the run? If they do, Deshaun Jackson or excuse me, Deshaun Watson's not going to have a great game. He's going to have a good game. Don't get me wrong. I don't think there's any way he doesn't have at least a good game of 15 point minimum. Um, but that's going to be the big question for him. Um, James Conner should have a monster game against Dallas because Dallas blows. Uh, ben Roethlisberger hasn't looked great, so why not turn it over to your bell cow running back against the league's worst defense? Uh, Chase Edmonds up against Miami. Uh, I don't believe that Miami's run defense has been good this year. So as a starter, like that should be a good matchup there on a good offense. Stephon Diggs up against Seattle. Seattle's secondary blows. Um, Stephon Diggs should have a good game. DeAndre Hopkins up against Miami. You all have heard me say that I like uh, Miami's secondary this year. But it's DeAndre Hopkins, like, He's going to have a good game. Uh, Hunter Henry probably apologized to Justin Herbert for whatever he said against uh, his uh, Herbert's girlfriend or wife or whatever. <laughs> um, so he might have a game. I don't know. It's a tight end. It's a non-difference-making tight end. Who knows what's going to happen there. Uh, Zeke up against Pittsburgh. Not a great matchup. Not a great offense. I think Clint's probably right to have him in flex. I think... I don't know. It'd be hard to put anybody else in over Zeke. But I could see that. Steelers up against Dallas. They should have good points. Kicker up against Dallas. It's a kicker. And that defense is so bad that he's probably just going to kick extra points. So probably not a difference-making week for the kicker. 
it so I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Liberty this week simply because home field advantage. I think these are two pretty evenly matched teams this week. Um, but I like the matchups better on Liberty's side. And with the home field advantage, I think that should should provide just enough comfort room for Liberty. I was gonna disagree, but the more I think about it, with Christian McCaffrey coming back from injury, he's not gonna be full strength. So he probably won't get a full workload. Um Still think he has a good game, but yeah, with home field advantage, I'm I'm gonna agree with you on this one. I'm gonna go Liberty bounces back. All right, so it sounds like uh, if Dakota wins, then I win this week. Yep. If whoever the fuck he's playing, Marysville, yep. nobody cares about them, uh, wins, then you win this week. That is. God damn it, Dakota! Do not fucking let me down. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sorry, but I am excited to see Potter win and Lawrence lose, and you fall the way to third, so you can be right next to me as we go into this dumpster fire of a season. What do you mean, right next to you? I'll, I will still have three games on you, and that's all we have for this week's episode of the podcast. <laughs> Here's a song that says "fuck you" in it. <laughs> Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you! No! Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you! What's your name? What? What's your name? Tony! Fuck you, Tony! Yeah, she did.